Hello, beautiful people of the world. My name is Rosemary, and for the next hour, I'm going to be taking you deep into my experience with a ceremony called Closing of the Bones. Thank you for joining me. Let's begin. to my voice, to my throat, to my truth, to come through in this moment. I open my throat. I invite myself to speak, to speak truth, to speak blessing, to speak love. It was actually my midwife during my first pregnancy who told me that something called the closing of the bones existed. And she described it as a really nice way to tend to the new mother and to close out her fourth trimester. She said it included wrapping of the body. And it piqued my interest because I love ceremony and marking of moments in spiritual, ceremonial ways to really honor rites of passage that we go through as humans walking upon the earth. And my first encounter with it was a few months after I gave birth to Chloe, or rather, a few months after she was unceremoniously ripped from my womb through an incision. That was a deeply traumatic experience for me. Unwanted, unwelcomed, and I first encountered this ritual, this closing of the bones, as a way to heal what I had desperately hoped was different. Now I've had the closing of the bones performed on me recently, two days before I got married. This is just two weeks ago to Luke. It was performed on me in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico by a priestess and traditional Mexican midwife named Miriam Avalos. 
and I just want to share my story because I'm starting to uncover a relationship with this ceremony that has deep, deep Mexican roots and has somehow come along and touched my life here in Montreal, Canada. And what I experienced given to me by the doulas of Montreal and what I experienced given to me by the midwives, the midwife of Mexico were so vastly different and yet held this intention of tending to the human experience and tending to the human in a transitional part of their life. And so I want to share my story because this ceremony, oh, it just, it's so magical. <laughs> and I, I think that people need to be touched this way and mothers need to be touched this way. And as humans, we need to reclaim rites of passage and ceremony and to find them wherever we can and to bring them back into our lives so that they may nurture us, so that they may mark our moments, so that they may allow us to integrate our experiences so that we can feel the subsequential up levels that come from these great shifts in life. I don't know tons about this ceremony. This is something, my daughter's only three, so I only heard about it for the first time three years ago. But I'm really interested in it, and I want to share what I know in the hopes that more knowledge will come my way by talking about this experience and also in the hopes that more people can be offered this kind of beautiful medicine in the world. So I'm going to share my experience first. And I want to start with what I'm calling the real deal. <laughs> the real deal of the closing of the bones, the closest I've come to touching it the highest form that I've stood in front of. This experience I had two days before I was married in Mexico with this beautiful soul, Miriam. I arrived at her house in the afternoon and came through the gates and there was her mother lovingly clipping intending to the roses that Miriam had bought for my wedding ceremony that would happen in the next 48 hours. And she welcomed me and we, we embraced. And I, uh, I only knew who she was or I had found her because the Airbnb we had rented in Mexico, I had asked the woman who owned it if she knew of any traditional Mexican midwives because I was interested in learning more about the ceremony and perhaps having it performed on me. And right away she said, yes, yes, I know one. Here is her name. And so I got in touch and we connected. And she said, yes, I would love to offer this ceremony to you. Here's all the information. And I found out 
later that um, the reason this woman who owned the Airbnb knew Miriam was because when her daughter had her first menstruation, she had taken her daughter to see Miriam. And that's a whole other topic, but I just love that, first of all, this mother was honoring her daughter's first bleed in a momentous way, and that a woman like Miriam existed so that this young girl who was entering her fertility fertility time in life had a place to go, had a ritual performed, had something to mark that moment in her life. And that's really what this podcast is going to be about, episodes to come. I'm sure there will be more over time that gets added to it. But what I'm here to talk about is ceremony. What I'm here to talk about is rite of passage, is ritual. So I enter into her space and she offers me water and she sent, she takes me to this beautiful room. There's a mat laid out with the five rebozo scarves. There's a bath prepared. There's a large purple circle on the floor. There's a bed, there's a desk and a little chair. And she gives me water and she says, come on in. I'm just preparing a few things. Um, have a seat and if you feel comfortable, go ahead and lay down. And when I had woken up that morning, my wedding was actually planned for the following morning. So this was, in my mind, the day before I was getting married. I had just woken up so raw so open, so emotional. You know, I've been with my man for five years. He came into my life and four months later I said to him, I want to be your wife. (laughs) It has been hands down the most beautiful (laughs) experience of love that I have encountered in my life to date. He is my sole partner on so many levels. He has brought so much sweetness into my world. And we have two beautiful daughters. Chloe is three and Amelie's a year and a half. And it was finally the right time for us to create a union or create a ceremony that fortified the union we were already engaged in the union that we were already committed to we were ready and we had this perfect opportunity this we were already taking this trip to this beautiful land and then somehow this midwife who I was already connected with turns out to be a priestess And when we decided to be married, only a week before our trip, I had contacted her when I found out she was a priestess and asked her if she would marry us. And she said, yes, of course, I would love to. And the whole thing just came together flawlessly. I'm getting sidetracked, but that's just setting the stage for where I was at emotionally. And, you know, I had thought about marrying him many times. And we could never really find the right way to do it. It wasn't fitting, but suddenly when the door opened to this possibility of doing it in Mexico, everything flowed. 
everything flowed with such ease. Maybe I'll do an episode with him and we can talk about it all. But I was... I was kind of surprised at how raw and emotional and open I felt that morning. And I knew what I was going to Miriam's house to do was to mark this transition, this time. No longer was I simply in relationship with this man, committed to him, committed to raising our daughters. I was going to marry him. I was going to be his wife. (laughs) And there's so much sweetness in that. There's so much sweetness. And I was getting ready to do that, so I I wanted to enter that open and heartfelt, and this was the perfect ceremony to move me into that space. So eventually I laid down on the bed that she had offered that was in the room, and the tears just started pouring down my cheeks. And I just laid there quietly, feeling the hot tears run off my face and pool on the pillow. And I let my heart just open and I let myself be vulnerable. And I knew that open and vulnerable was how I wanted to enter ceremony. That that's where the magic is, that that's where the power is, that's where it lies. And it takes bravery. It takes bravery to not withhold to really let yourself sink in and open up and drop into this experience. You know, it's kind of like giving birth. It's easy to, to approach these big transitions with tension and withhold, but the juicy stuff, it's, it's when we're cracked open. So I just let it happen. She bustled in and out of the room, preparing things, And about 15 minutes later, she brought me a tea and she sat down and she said, how are you doing? (laughs) And what a perfect question. (laughs) What a perfect way to just check in with the woman you're going to serve, you're going to sit with. And so I shared with her where I was emotionally and how raw I was feeling and how surprised I was by it because I really was surprised And she listened to me, and somehow the conversation also moved towards my experience with birth. I knew she was a midwife, and, you know, I've really been steeped in all things birth since becoming a mother and becoming pregnant. And so I shared with her my my experience of having a, an unwanted and unplanned cesarean section birth with Chloe and how for my second birth I chose wild pregnancy no doctors, no midwives, no tests one osteopath appointment and then just had my baby at home with Luke and my mother present and I told her about that experience, how that was a was an opportunity for me to alchemize my pain into power, and how I walked that firewalk 
and she received my story with peace, with calm, with love. And it allowed her to know me a little bit. So it created connection for us to share that that deep spiritual experience with her. After we talked for a little while, she said she had prepared a table for me and walked me over to it. And there were the roses that she's she had purchased for my wedding. They were on the table and she had laid out a deck of cards. Ancestors and something is the name of the deck. I'll put it in the show notes. She had laid crystals and she had laid a candle. And she asked me to approach it and to speak my name out loud three times. And so I said, Rosemary Elizabeth McKernan, Rosemary Elizabeth McKernan, Rosemary Elizabeth McKernan, and I lit the candle. And the intention that I set in that moment was to invite calm, calm, peaceful energy into my space to make me steady, to make me grounded. Then it was time to pull cards. She asked me to pull one for myself, one for Luke, one for Chloe, and one for Amelie. And each card that was pulled, oh, it was just so perfect. They were so perfect. The card that I pulled for myself was Mother Nature, and I laughed. Luke calls me Mama Natura, so it was very fitting. The card I pulled for Luke was the Direction Guardian, and I laughed again, because his entrance into my life has really given me my North Star. Him and our children have made purpose simple again. Then I pulled a card for Amelie and it was Shaolin Master. And it's this like fiery red warrior. And Amelie is so fire. It felt so appropriate. And the last one, the one for Chloe, was Earth Guardian. just love that one too so much to say about that but I won't get into it too much so I pulled the cards and she said we'll come back to these later and I prepared a steam for you so she brought me over to the large purple circle circular blanket laying on the ground and she said now just sit with your knees wide And I'm going to place this pot of steaming herbs underneath you. And you can stretch your arms in front of you and give your heart to Mother Earth. Press your heart to her and connect. Say hello. And so the steam was placed under my womb. And I had my my butt high in the air, my knees wide, my feet back, and my arms stretch forward with my heart on the earth, 
like a child's pose, almost. And she put a big blanket draped over my back and all around my legs to keep the steam in. And the steam was filled with cedar and rosemary. I could smell the rosemary. It was, it was the, the most fragrant scent. And I love that she picked that herb because my name is Rosemary. And this, this plant is who I am named after, among other things. I'm named after many things, but this plant is mine. Um and I am hers, and we are connected. And so to be bathed in her was (laughs) really special, really special. There there were other herbs, cedar, which grows here on my land, but she happened to have some there with her, some cacao, which comes from her land, and Tulsi, holy basil, which um, I think she grew but that's also a herb that's growing in my garden and that's really special to me. I have a, a long-standing relationship, decade-long standing relationship with Tulsi. So the magic had already begun and my plant allies were there with me and their warm steam was traveling all over my belly, my intestines, my belly button, all the skin that's been stretched to have my babies that now hangs was all just enveloped in this steam. It permeated the hairs on my yoni and brought this just beautiful warmth to my whole pelvic bowl, my hips, the tops of my thighs, as I grounded my heart to Mother Earth and felt the warmth of these herbs and the heat permeate through my skin, she placed a large sound bowl on my sacrum, rested there, and she began to play it. And my sacrum and my butt cheeks and my hips started to vibrate with the sound of this drum. And so it was like two worlds. The first world was the energy coming from the drum, from the sound bowl and permeating me from the, from the back and the warmth and the heat of the herbs permeating me from the front. And it just felt like it was taking me into this this luminal space where I knew that I was softening and opening and changing. The steam was changing me. The vibration of the sound bowl was changing me. It was taking all the little molecules of my skin and muscles and tendons and womb and it was nourishing them with sound, with heat, with plants. It was incredible. I think I steamed for almost 20 minutes. You know, it's hard. I was there for four hours. It's really hard to pick out how long things took because it's all a dream in the end. It's all a dream. But I'll do my best with estimating times.
She sang. She chanted. She circled me and and I could smell the incense that she had burning. And I just allowed myself to drop my heart into Mother Earth and to, to start to think about what I was giving Mother Earth and what I was going to release while I was here. This was a time for me to release what it is that I didn't need, that I didn't need to bring into my marriage, that I didn't need to bring in forward in my life anymore, and I could give it to Mother Earth because she can hold it. She can take it. And I just thought about that and allowed the expansion and the energy to just move through me and out of me. When this portion of the ceremony was over, she said, I've, I've created a bath for you. And she took the steaming herbs and she dumped, dumped them into the bath. And I removed the rest of my clothes. I had been naked from the waist down to start the steam. And I removed the rest of my clothes and I got into this bath that now smelled of all the sweet herbs that she had steamed me with. And on top of this bath... There was like a little tabletop kind of. There was only a little opening for me to slip into. The rest was enclosed. On top of the tabletop, she laid crystals, the four cards that I had chosen, and four pink roses. And she gave me the roses and she said, Now lovingly pick off each one of these petals slowly and offer it to your bath and so for the next five minutes or so you know however long it was each petal I picked one at a time and I smelled the roses and I spoke to them and I spoke to the water and I offered my intentions and my prayers and my spells and my mantras to this water bath This was a deeply, deeply spiritual experience to give myself permission to speak my intentions and to speak my spells into this sphere, into this space, into this water that I was bathing in. I I don't know how to describe this, but give yourself permission to speak to your water (laughs) give yourself permission to tell your water what it is that you're putting out into the earth because water is this amazing and incredible and pliable fluid moving changing um crystal liquid crystal and if you know anything about water science the molecules literally rearrange themselves. Um, I'll link to a study done in Japan, very famous, where water was taken and put in jars and different labels were put on the jars. Happiness, joy, fear, love, hatred. And then water molecules from those jars were put under microscopes and photographs were taken. And the symmetry and beauty of the words of hope and joy and love 
are incredible. They're breathtaking. And the chaos and almost darkness of those nastier words is is just, it's prominent. And so when we speak our words, we, we're casting spells on the water that lives within us. And I know that. And so I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing in this moment. I knew that my words are magic. I knew that I was speaking them into this water. And I knew that this was a blessing for me. That this was a chance for me to put into my body and put into my sphere. And put into my world all of the things that I wanted. And so I asked for peace. And I asked for love. And I just babbled on and on and on just letting it flow letting it feel weird letting it feel so good letting it feel however it did but just the practice of doing it was incredible and so the next time you take a bath think about doing this and the next time you make a tea think about doing this and the next time you drink a cup of water think about doing this go for it speak your magic to your water and then take it in after I finished with the petals, Miriam began to drum. She sat next to me, next to the bath, and she began to drum and she began to sing. And the water started to shake to the beat of her drum and started to vibrate to the resonance of her drumming. And I just, I just knew that what was happening is that her drum was creating a frequency which was moving the water that I sat in, but also it was moving the water inside of me. And it was realigning my energetic frequency. I and the bath and the drum and the air, we're one. And as each drum beat moved through the water, the water molecules that make up my physical body, my tendons, my bones, my blood. They were changing. They were beginning to resonate with the drum. That was powerful. That was so powerful. And so I sat there and bathed in that experience knowing how special it was and you know even if I didn't know how special it was it's happening anyways whether you're aware of these things or not if you sit in ceremony like this if you're in the bath of water where the woman next to you is drumming and you can feel the water moving with its vibration whether you're aware or not your molecules are changing your frequency is aligning with this vibration. You are in resonance. Aware or not, it's potent, potent magic. After the drumming and the singing, she opened the book and read to me about each of the cards that I had pulled. And after each one offered me a moment to reflect on it and to vocalize anything that I thought was special or surprising or mm, 
a lesson. You know, I love cards because they're an offering, they're a starting point. They're a place for you to reflect on whatever it is that you're asking the cards to speak to you about. And really, I think they're also an opportunity to open yourself up to the spirit energies around you and to ask them to guide your hand and to ask them to reveal truth to you. They're like a portal to connect with something otherworldly. You know, I say otherworldly, but really they are of of this world also. (laughs) They're here. We are them. We will be them. We were them. (laughs) It's all simultaneous. And, uh, you know, with cards, sometimes there's resonance with what's written in the book and sometimes they're not. And I I actually personally um, very rarely read the things written in the books that come with the decks. I'm much more of just a, what does this image speak to you? And to allow kind of the internal voice to be the one that, that tells you what the card means and why it's there. Because I think that always holds much more mm, continuity with what's already happening in your mind and your psyche and your spirit. And so we read the cards and, oh yeah, the crystals, I forgot about that. Circling back, <laughs> just before the cards, she gave, she gave me the crystals and said, now pick up whichever ones you like and place them on your body wherever you like. So that, um, yeah, so that I could connect with the energy of each stone. And so I didn't pick all of them. I just picked a few and I placed them on my body. And there was one really, really powerful stone. I put it on my, um, on my belly button or just above my belly button where my solar plexus would be. And... I felt heat and a strong, almost tingling energy. That was really special too. You know, in the world of crystals and rocks and we we encounter, I would say in life, at least I do, many of them, you know, that we live in a culture now where where crystals are not um, out of the ordinary. Lots of us have them. Lots of us buy them. And um, they trade hands many, many times, often before they end up in ours. And so, yes, they hold their own frequency, but they hold the frequency of, of that which they pass through as well. And depending on who has tended to this rock, um, it can, can have many different things and we can interact with it in um, a number of ways. And so I was just really excited to really feel this rock to feel the energy coming from it because I think that's maybe only happened with one other stone that I've held and that's a rose quartz that I hold very dear to me that's a big part of my life it's a tiny little piece and it's very special I brought it I brought it to Mexico it was part of my wedding ceremony (sighs) eventually I said okay I'm ready to get out of the tub she said okay So I got out of the tub, dried off, put my underwear back on, 
and then laid down on the five scarves that she had laid out for me. They were on top of this mat, this woven mat. And Miriam told me, this is the mat that I was married on two days later. And she told me that this mat is traditionally where the couple is married. And then it's their bed where they consummate their marriage. It's the bed where they make their babies. It's the bed where the women have their babies. It's the bed where the closing of the bones can be performed. And when they die, it's the bed that traditionally you are then wrapped in for your death. And I'm not sure if it's buried after that. I don't know what the next part of that tradition is. Do they bury their dead? That would be interesting. I should find out. So cool to lay on this mat. And she had her scarves. And, you know, again, the bed that I laid in, I thought about all the women who had laid in that bed before me, all the women she served who have laid in that bed. I laid on this mat and I thought the same thing. How many people have laid here? How much magic has happened here? Um, this woven mat has seen a lot. <laughs> maybe a lot of marriages, maybe some births. Certainly a lot of medicine offered to people in the world. She's been practicing 14 years. And uh, who knows when she got this mat. So that was really special to lay in that space. And in that room and in her house, you know, women birth in her home. <laughs> It's her birthing house. There's, there was a lot of magic in that space. And so here comes the actual closing of the bones. It began with the sweetest, simplest touch. Just with two fingers and her thumb. She touched my jaw. She touched my sinuses. She touched my forehead. It was such a sweet introduction to her physical touch. She then used the scarf around my head to lift my head up, to roll it right and left, to lay it back down. She massaged my neck. She pushed down on my shoulders. She pulled, she lifted my head up and wrapped it and pulled upwards. Um, and then she moved down to my feet and she wrapped my feet and picked them up and pulled them as well. So it began with this like alignment from head to toe. And it was strong. Her hands were, were strong and... <clears throat> seasoned <laughs> very seasoned I could tell she'd done this you know a million times <laughs> this life and past that's what it felt like I was really taken care of in the hands of a master that was beautiful that was really beautiful 
my neck was rolled side to side and rocked, you know, rocked back and forth. And my legs, they were swung right to left, up and down. It was, oh, it felt so delicious. She picked up my arms individually with the rebozo and rocked them back and forth like a a jiggling kind of starting under my armpit and then moving all the way down to my hands she picked up my shoulders with the scarf and rocked me back and forth there she moved down to my legs and she picked up each of my knees bending my knee and circling my knee out to the side and opening my hips. She picked both of my knees up with a scarf, brought them to my chest and twisted me to the side and then moved my head to the other side like a supine spinal twist. And I had to just relax into that. That felt so good. There was a lot of like rocking back and forth, side to side, front to back. And it was all done, supported by the rebozo, this incredibly strong woven piece of material that with a light touch is just holds so much so easily. I, um, at the, at the end of our time together, I purchased, uh, two rebozos from her, one that's really big that you can baby wear with and one smaller. And the, the one I've, I've now baby worn both of my kids with it. And I'm just amazed at how strong this fabric is. Um, so the, a light touch really has a lot of power. And my body was moved and manipulated. And honestly, I want to describe it as like a chiropractor session mixed with an osteopath session, mixed with massage and mixed with energy work. Because while she's moving me, she's talking to me and she's telling me that this is a moment of release and that I get to drop in and that I can give away anything that I want during this time that I can shed anything that I want during this time and that I'm held here. And so the head is wrapped first. My feet are wrapped second. My knees are wrapped third. My arms are wrapped fourth, like a mummy. And my hips are wrapped last. And the wrap on my hips was so tight in my mind I was like man she's got to be like cranking this with some kind of stick or something because either this woman is so powerful or she's got like a tool that she's using and I really want to find out what it is (laughs) and um, I don't think she used anything just her hands and these scarves they're so powerful and so she wrapped my my hips so tight my bones were so so tight 
And then she released it and she wrapped the other way. So like you, she twisted them one way and then she twisted them the other way, which brought this like really, really sweet alignment. Oh, and I just felt so like snug and tightly held. And she had um, something between my feet, something between my knees and a big bolster under my knees. So they were kind of propped up a little bit which like lets your low back and your low spine hit the earth. And, um, oh, I just, oh, it just felt so nourishing to just be wrapped like that. And what came next was a sound bath. And it started, ding, right next to my right ear. And ding right next to my left ear and then ding by my feet and I realized that I had been completely surrounded in sound bowls with different tones and she started playing all of them and there starts to be this kind of force field of sound that's now wrapped all the way around my body on both sides from my crown to my toes. Ding, 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 ding. And then she places bowls on my sacrum, sorry, not my sacrum, on my chest and on my belly, and she starts to sing with those bowls. And I am completely entranced in this new vibration of singing bowls. And what starts to happen inside of my mind is that I lose the space between my skin and the outside world. My eyes are covered, I can't see anything. You know, for a long time now, my eyes have been covered. As soon as she wrapped my head, the eyes are closed. And so I start to expand and I expand into this sound and I start to live in a place that is no longer defined by the lines of my skin, by my body. I start to be in resonance I start to become the sound of the bulls as they're played around me. And it's this magical and beautiful force field. And I'm very connected to song and to sound. And so here I am again, and I can feel my energy just vibrating in this beautiful harmony with these bowls. And I no longer exist. I am one through the air. It happened in the bath with the water. I became expanded beyond my skin to vibrate in resonance with the drum and the water. And now it's happening with the air. I'm, I'm deeply steeped in the elements in this experience. 
And this was so nourishing. And I can feel my energy, my vibration. It's all changing. I am being expanded. I'm being opened. I'm being up-leveled. I am shifting. And at the same time, I'm offering whatever doesn't serve me that exists within me, I'm offering it as a gift and I'm letting it go and I'm letting it fall away. I'm letting all the lines get blurred so that the only thing that exists within me right now is pure peace and pure calm and pure resonance with the beauty of these tones. The sound continues to reverberate in me, around me, as me. And what I didn't know at the time, but now I know, because she took pictures and showed me, is that she took all of the pink roses for my wedding that she had purchased and adorned me with them. She laid them on my feet, she laid them on my knees, she laid them all over my body, and she created a crown around my head and around my crown chakra with these roses. And the photograph, the photograph makes me look like the great mother, Mary, the Mary of Guadalupe. That's what I said to her after. I was like, you, you gave me the gift of being that woman. You showed me that I am her. You offered me a chance to see myself as this priestess, this great mother, this celestial being who is here on earth. I, I'm shaking just thinking about it was so powerful. I felt in that moment that I, I, was, I was part of the energy of creation. That I was resonating at this frequency I had never resonated at before. I had never known this, that this was mine to claim. But here it was, being offered to me. Oh, it's actually so emotional to talk about this, to remember this. You know, it was just a couple weeks ago and already it, it becomes like a dream, you know. And I can actually like feel my heart vibrating in this moment, just remembering that sound bath, being held, being wrapped, and being offered this magic. Eventually, I started to feel like I needed to move and I started to crunch my toes and wiggle my feet and roll my ankles. I was ready to be released. I was ready to be reborn. It's like the most powerful moment happens just before the baby is born or the sun comes up. 
It's the most potent place, that veil. And so she started to unwrap me. And when I was just laying there again, she said, now move into a fetal position and rest there for a little while and take your time and move your body just intuitively however you feel you'd like to. And my whole right side was just, oh, it just felt so different like something had shifted and I I needed to move it I needed to stretch I needed to lean far to the left and stretch my whole right side body because something had changed and it felt so juicy to just like sit on my feet on my knees and to just lean way left and stretch and stretch and stretch and rock my hips and roll my shoulders and do a little cat cow and hum. I hummed a little bit and roll my neck and and eventually I opened my eyes and I was just like, wow, (laughs) holy shit, that was in Incredible. I was like, you just realigned something in my body that's been off, I don't know, since birth, maybe. When I, when I was a teenager, I used to competitively Irish dance and, and I would have dresses made for competition and my my right shoulder always hung lower. This was the first time I remember being aware of it. My right shoulder would hang lower than my left and they would have to adjust my dress accordingly so that it would present even when I would be on stage. And I also remember when I practiced a Mysore style Ashtanga yoga, my teacher would always say, oh, your right hand is just about an inch back further than your left when I would be in downward dog. And I was always trying to readjust this and realign myself and find this balance. But it never felt right. It always, you know, this right side of my body was just a little bit more compressed than the left. And that was a, that was an imbalance that I just, I was okay with. And I would also feel it sometimes in a wide-legged forward fold. If I was going hands to the ground and hands to the sky in a wide-legged forward fold, there was something in my right hip that I would always have to kind of move a little bit weird to adjust it, to make that movement feel easeful. And that's gone now. I am completely realigned. The way that she moved my body, the way that I was tended to in this wrapping, in this massage, in this muscle and bone manipulation, It realigned something that has been off for most of my life. If not all, this is perhaps a misalignment that I've been carrying since being in my mother's womb or coming through her yoni into the world. And so that is just so, so powerful 
and really speaks to the um, the strength and precision and wisdom in these traditional movements and the way that I was rocked and pulled and moved and aligned and bound. Really, really just special, just potent, just medicine. And opening my eyes, I just looked at her and I was like, what did you do? That was so incredible. She knows how incredible that ceremony is, how impactful being touched in that way is. She told me that she practiced the closing of the bones for others for nearly a decade before she ever had it done to her. And it might have been longer than that. I'm not positive on the date. We'll have to ask her. Maybe we'll get her on the podcast. (laughs) And that when she had had it performed on her for the first time, she thought, what? Like, this is what I'm offering people? This is incredible. (laughs) And it just really is. It just really, oh, it changed my life. It changed my body. It changed my energetic being. It was the perfect way for me to mark the closing of my journey before I became a wife. And more than that, you know, this time in my life is transitional in more than just that way. I'm stepping into a new sphere of work, of energy work. I'm stepping into a new version of myself where I live in more alignment with my truth than I ever have before. And I'm really allowing myself permission, giving myself permission to be the woman that I want to be, to walk the path towards the elder that I I hope to become. Now it was at this moment, and this is a really, really special and private piece for me, but I'm going to be brave and share it. Her and I had a chance to sit in that moment and talk about my wedding ceremony. We had only texted back and forth a few times about it, and I had asked her, if I should write the ceremony. And she said, oh, that sounds lovely. Yes, write it. And so a few days before this, while we were in Mexico one night, I sat down and Luke and I had talked a lot about what we wanted our ceremony to look like. And I had emailed Miriam a few times about it, but I got to sit down and write it. You know, word for word, who's going to say what, how it's going to go. And so this was really the first time that I was going to talk to her about it after I had sent it to her. And the way that we had discussed doing it was that I would write this ceremony, but then um, since she was our priestess, I had a huge openness to her bringing to the table and adding whatever it was that she felt called to add for our ceremony 
um, bring her traditions, bring her personal flavor, bring her version of blessings, you know, whatever it may be. And she said to me, when I read your ceremony, I thought, oh, she is a priestess. And I, I think I laughed from just shock <laughs> and embarrassment of some kind. And almost in a second, it switched to a deep knowing and a deep acceptance. And I said, it's so funny, you're not the first person to tell me that. And, and that feels scary a little bit for me because, like, am I allowed, you know, am I allowed to be a priestess? Who am I? Am I allowed? But, but who am I? I am somebody who is deeply spiritual and deeply connected to the spirit realm and <laughs> deeply craves ceremony and knows how to stand in front of a candle and speak her name three times and I know what that means. I know that the vibration of the way my name is said is a spell that I cast into the world. I know how to call my ancestors. I know how to connect with Mother Nature. I know how to form relationships slowly and carefully with plant beings. I know that I am surrounded and we are all surrounded by our ancestors and our angels and the spirits who came before us and live after us and are with us. I know that we walk through this world as these frequencies, these energetic beings that are interacting with everything. I know that when we start to live in harmony with nature, to live in harmony with our land, to live in harmony with the cycles of our bodies and the earth and the moon, that we are drawn closer into this truth of who we are. We are beings who need to be touched this way. We are beings who need to cast spells with our words. We are beings who need to, to pray, to meditate, to quiet down, to understand that we are conduits for energy to be expressed in this earth. And I know that we need ceremony. And I, I bring it to my life. I bring ceremony to my home. I bring ceremony to my family. But here is this woman sitting in front of me and telling me that I am a priestess too. <laughs> Which means that like <laughs> I'm allowed to give this to other people. That I can be brave and I can offer ceremony to other humans to be somebody who can create a container for other beings to have 
deeply spiritual experiences. To allow other people to sit in the container that I create that changes their frequency. And it was so beautiful to hear that from her because what we were going to embark on the next day in my wedding was all about energy work and calling the ancestors and calling the spirits and stepping into a circle that fortified the union that we were already engaged in. And that at her speaking those words to me just opened this big door in my life and allowed me to say yes to who I am becoming. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time hearing my words and allowing me to share my experience. I hope that someday somebody touches you the way that I was touched that way that day. So we call in the north to the energy of birth of spring. May our circle hold the vibration of the earth. The earth is fertile and stable. May we be fertile and stable like the earth. Yeah, so she says, like, we call upon. And then Miriam says, we call in the east to the energy of youth, of summer. May our circle hold the vibration of air. Then I say. And then you say. Oh, and then we both say, I bless this space, I bless this space, I bless this space. While Amelie holds the smoke candle. (laughs) (laughs) you're fucking kidding Amelie did not shit in her pants we call in the south to the energy of the elder of fall may our circle hold the vibration of fire and then you light a candle Luke repeat after me may we harness and tend to each other's fires we call in the west to the energy of death of winter May our circle hold the vibration of water. And I pour water into chalices. And she says, Rosemary, repeat after me. May we be cleansed to enter this union anew. And then we did the meditation. Was there another one that there, she said? Yeah, so she after that she added the heaven... I want to say the hell, but it's like heaven and heaven earth. earth. Yeah, but we already but have North earth. is earth. So she added heaven, earth, and ether. She called she called seven directions as opposed to four. And yeah, then we had the, um, you described the meditation. <laughs> the meditation? Yeah. I guess you wrote the, that meditation maybe based on that something you've heard and you've tried before do you want to read it uh like close your eyes and imagine a big a light coming from above filling you with this energy maybe some 
something about the energy and just filling you and maybe filling it through your body and go like root visualizer like a root going down the earth that's what that was like the meditation and then like yeah well visualize the light like see a big beam of light coming up in my in my head and and then the light going to the body and then the rooting part i would like visualize like like a, like a thick root like diving in the earth like super fast and, and then at one point i'm like i want to catch like rose's root and tie it up together hmm. so like i visualized that that was that was cool and uh and then like visualizing this um, maybe ball of energy surrounding us and protecting us and mm -hmm. that's what i recall yeah but it was like where yeah, we felt really were in meditating meditating state or there, there's like no distraction or like less of those stuff like in the forest or maybe on the beach like that also and you had your point, closing, so you were maybe <clears throat> more like to be <clears throat> to feel those vibrations. Yeah, and also um, Peter and Chloe had gone for a walk on the beach at this point because Chloe was so hysterical. You were getting hysterical, yeah, kind of, but really that's not what I mean. Me, so I, I she needed. just she couldn't calm down. She couldn't calm down. So her uncle took her for a little walk. And um, so it was really private. It was just me, you, Amelie, Miriam, our photographer. But it felt like, it felt like nobody just... else existed. No. It felt like me, you, and the elements. The heaven and the earth. And I really felt <clears throat> an openness to the heavens and a deep rooting to the earth. And pulling those two energies into my center and then allowing them to illuminate outside of me and create this almost like teardrop fire shape of energy around us and in our circle. And it felt contained. I remember when we talked about it later that day, I told you how I pictured that like contained energy teardrop shape and how when you had done it you had felt like outward expansion that like illuminated not just our little place it was like yeah. everything mm -hmm. further than <clears throat> i love that that's so us like i'm so um you know that do you know that famous painting of aristotle and socrates where um socrates is pointing up and aristotle is pointing down okay i always feel like we're kind of like that i'm always looking at things from like a egoist um like focused on myself focused on my individual experience and you're always this like more expansive looking at like the there's a lot of like creation. how men and women perceive themselves in in general like a man understands that they they need like other people to actually 
maybe maybe to exist or like even to this extent they need other people and women are are more tendency to perceive the world as they're the center of the universe and so that that's like a difference in our perception so you would see like this concentration of like us two and i, I would maybe have more of inclusion inclusiveness in my perception of re- reality but man or woman like this that's how that it's, it's a Hmm, proven, I'm not sure that's a man and woman thing. I it's think a that's pro- a me and you thing. No, it's because every time I, t- it's hard for you to believe <laughs> the stuff I say or to not just believe the stuff I say, question the stuff you know. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Hmm. No way. How do you how do you work this thing? Okay, so the whole first part of our ceremony was just like blessings. It was like blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. But I remember blessing, that. blessing. I, I feel like there's importance in the words that I choose in. And but yes, you could say it's blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of blessing. And then Yeah, so then we burned she brought copal, which is um mm-hmm. really ancient incense mm-hmm. of her her land. Like Aztec. Yeah, I think even used by Aztecs. Mm-hmm. And she brought this like big glass chalice so the copal was burning and we each held it and walked around the other one three times in a circle. I really liked that. There was something about like circling you three times that felt good ancestral or was like, that a three like we had to do three or i don't know i think we just did three i, I don't remember counting <coughs> um we sprayed each other with uh, rose, rose water in the face to purify Wash. and bless mm-hmm. We oiled each other's hands. That was nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice to touch your hands and bless you. And bless your hands. Yeah, so that, that was all blessings. Mm-hmm. We said vows that we yes. wrote. Yeah. A few days prior, but I've been roaming in. Ruminating. Ruminating Mm. for years. Mm. Yep. And then she also had something else for us to read that was Mm -hmm. like... More like, I, Luke, son of Judah and brother of Peterson. (laughs) Yes, some more formal uh, church... Yeah. That's what it felt more like, it but felt it's a little it's, weird. Actually, it was like expressing like the, the person that and my my baggage of parent and this I'm choosing you, and so just putting putting like names on people. Yeah, that was cool because it named our lineage, it named where we came from, and 
And really, our union is like the weaving together of two bloodlines, of two family lines, you know, and now there's a new expression of our bloodlines in our daughters. And so to name ourselves in that way, and then to say that those out loud that those latest expressions of the bloodlines in us are now choosing to connect with this other this other line that was cool yeah it was like relevant yes yeah i was surprised it was there it felt like the most um <clears throat> modern part of the mm-hmm. of the whole thing yeah i said like son of robert and jocelyn and brother of danielle and I burst into tears when I said, like, brother of Daniel, because he had passed away a year ago or something. And mm. That was an that was emotional touching. moment. Yeah. yeah. It was also nice for you to name your brother who's passed away. Mm-hmm. It kind of brought him there to be with us in that moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't and, written, I think, like, it was, like, who's your parents kind of question. Yeah. Because you wouldn't name your siblings. I didn't name my siblings. I named my female lineage. I named myself daughter of Nora, daughter of Victoria, daughter of Ethel, daughter of Ethel, daughter of Edith. Daughter of Superman. I think that's it. I think that's as far as I can go. Yeah. And then we had our hands wrapped. Yes, the bondage ritual. Mm-hmm. We had them the the wrapping of the rope I think I would have liked maybe uh like more Tighter. of a rope to be tied tight yeah. around us to like, like fortify our hands three inch like almost like wrist ceinture like a belt belt of mm-hmm. tissue so it was just like hanging from our wrist and, yeah but the the symbol, but our hands the, were well, clasped uh, in the infinity sign as well mm-hmm. as we had them wrapped and yeah. then so it's like the symbol <clears throat> i got the symbol i personally well i i didn't um she fed us cacao remember that she fed us like a power food like a yeah she fed us a, a star-shaped cacao nut and seed treat mm-hmm we fed each other, we fed her, we fed the yeah, kids, we the photographer, my, bro- my brother, her mother. Um, we also, at one point, drank the water in the chalice that had been there since the beginning of the ceremony, which then held the vibration and the energy of our whole our whole um, you know, spiritual there. practice and creation of our union and all the blessings. And we drank that and we shared that with everyone, too. One of my favorite things of our wedding was how we shared with everybody that it wasn't like just us; mm-hmm. it was every person. Who yeah, was there. it's the same like uh, <clears throat> thought, like on like uh, bringing the outside energy and actually giving blessings and giving back, and it's they're giving that the same spirit. We also had Peter read an Irish blessing for us. Are you crying? Always. <laughs> I was watching uh, the movie Friday, Wednesday. The Adam Family Girl, Wednesday. Why are you crying? I was crying. <laughs> What's making you cry? Talking. <laughs> Baby, you know I always have a tear when I'm talking. I know, but I'm just asking about what specifically has brought the tear just now. I, don't, that's, that's, I had tears since... 
You're such a weirdo. Anyway, the emotion around our wedding ceremony. Yeah. That's what I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. Just wanted to know the trigger. Because my back hurts. Oh, get comfortable. Let's let's walk off of that. Metwa. Metwa. <clears throat> After all was kind of said and done, we poured salt in a circle. Yeah, you had some like to unify cacao seeds or cacao stuff to put on the mat for, as blessing again, but for an abundance of food and abundance of maybe yeah tongue action. <laughs> and the the salt I I always imagined it poured at the beginning but it was her idea to pour it at the end to lock in and harness all of the energy that we had created during our ceremony <coughs> excuse me to ask for that union to be um to that energy to be like held and kept within our union that was really beautiful mm-hmm. and then at the end, we picked up the flowers on From top the of mat. the mat. Well, we picked up the mat itself. Yeah, ahead. and we walked it to the ocean. And we offered all of the, the petals and the flowers to Mother Water. And Just flipped the mat. They like spiraled around in the water. I remember Miriam saying, wow, spirals. Wow. Yeah, the wave was bringing them back in that way. And uh, Amelie was sitting on the beach screaming because the waves had actually, like, reached her. So she was getting wet now. (laughs) And that was it. That was our ceremony. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then I got naked. Oh, yeah. And jumped in the water. Then I got inspired. Yeah. And then you got naked the and jumped in the water. And then we shot chocolate tequila. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after everyone had left and it was just us and the kids and Pete. Chocolate tequila. Yeah. I bought from... And that was it. We were wed. And I felt so high at the end of it. I felt so alive. So high. I remember um, talking to my mom just a little bit later in the afternoon and just her saying to me like well I'm so happy to share in the the energy of the day because she could just like see that I was on fire and then we should talk about consummating our marriage because that was like that was so special for me so after we went for brunch and then we came back to our condominiums And Peter was staying in the same complex and he took our daughters to the pool so that we could be alone as man and wife and that we could consummate our marriage. So as parents, you don't get a ton of time by yourself, especially not in the middle of the afternoon and making space and time um, to be intimate with each other is always a challenge like it's easy to have time alone once your kids are in bed at the end of the day but like you're pretty exhausted at that point so having someone in the afternoon who's like hey I'll take your kids 
Um, Especially like we don't have help from family, right? Like some people do when they have kids. Mm. Yeah. So just us figuring out like the, the schedules. Yeah, we're a nuclear family for sure. Um, but that was beautiful. We put roses from our ceremony. We kept two. She kept them for us and we put them on our bed. Mm-hmm. And I think we actually had four roses and two of them I broke the petals off and two of them I kept intact and put them on our bed. And we made love. And... Sweet, passionate love. Yeah, we made sweet, passionate love. And it felt... Mm, I had a spiritual experience during mm-hmm. that. And that's never happened to me before in the act of lovemaking. And I actually saw a large beam of bright light shining down from the heavens to my womb and my yoni um, as I reached orgasm. And it freaked me out a little bit for a second because I was like, oh my God, did we just like put a baby in me? <laughs> like, is that what yeah. I just was able to see? Um, and... As soon as um, you reached your orgasm, I pulled you into my arms and a prayer just like fell out of my lips. And I think I said things like, I bless this union. May we be peaceful. May we be abundant. May we be filled with love. May we be prosperous. I don't know, a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And I think I cried, too. Yeah, you were very, like, in tune. I'm sure, like, the the closing of the bone, like, helped you reach that awareness. And... Mm-hmm. I was like three days deep in ceremony, basically, at that point. And consummating our marriage, you're really like, I don't know, it felt so powerful. It felt so beautiful. And I like, I like understood um, the reason it's there, you know? It's like the wedding night, the wedding night, you know? It's this, um, really big talked about thing in the whole like marriage machine that we talked about at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. podcast and there's stories of like aunties slipping contraception into the bride's you know purse or um people talking about making a baby on the wedding night or you know there's there's just a lot of conversation Mm -hmm. around i wasn't even like wasn't thinking about that like like when this, we would, if we would consummate no, our marriage no that specific part of like the i don't know <clears throat> it's not something that that was stressing me like what, what was stressing me was the whole idea at the beginning right of like a, a different wedding the wedding itself like right okay. towards my beginnings but <laughs> i I didn't even think about the stress of the, the night of. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> great. <laughs> well, that's great. I didn't either. 
I didn't even think that we were going to have that time. It wasn't a planned thing. It was just like uh, Peter was like, I can take the girls to the pool. And I was like, amazing. And now we had that moment together. And it was just like two hours we had together, Mm. if that. And while he stressed about if they were wearing enough sunblock, (laughs) I'm afraid I'm putting too much sunblock on them. (laughs) Well, maybe you are. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, but I, I got it. And I think that's actually a big thread of the story for me. That by participating in the creation of this ritual and then the act of this ritual in such a big way mm-hmm. um, that I was able to just touch the meaning of it uh, in, in su- on such a, like, a level that I never expected. Like, yeah, I never well, expected. you were like, I guess you could say, you could see like, an, like another dimension. Like if you can say you can reach like whatever X dimension while well, you, you were like in the, you could see the fourth dimension. Of, <laughs> Like the aura of people, let's say. Yeah, I definitely saw something. I definitely so saw something. Vibration was set to, so you can have that open up to you. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And so it, it. I understand now. Like, why, traditionally, there's a witness. Like, I I understand that. I understand now that the consummation of the marriage is, like, a beautiful prayer and an act that blesses the union. And I just... I want more people to know about ceremony like this, and I want more people to know what is available for them when it comes to ceremony in their lives and when it comes to marking moments in their lives and when it comes to celebrating milestones or unions or anything that um, stepping into them in this kind of way has like a magic and an impact that you like you it kind of gets lost in our modern culture but it's there and it's waiting for you and it's possible to be a part of it and to connect with it. Yeah, some some people are living that on the daily and they don't need like a ritual or, well, they, they do, I guess, practices, but they experience that on the daily. Like monks or like really deeply spiritual people? Say like monks, guru, okay. enlightened people. Okay. Enlightened. Yeah, well, we're people on the road to enlightenment, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean... Everyone is, just at different stages of the game. Um, what do you think, in the grand scheme of things now, it's shifted for you about like your thoughts on marriage? You know, where you came from to where you are now. Now you've done it. Now you've been in the ceremony. What are, what are the after effects that you hold? Well... I mean, uh, ceremonies like that are powerful, meaningful, and um, 
important to point out, like to just take a minute and what about you? Um, well, I always knew that ceremony was powerful and I know that ritual is something that my generation of people who were raised Catholic and have fallen away from the practices and rituals of the Catholic faith are really lacking in our lives and this is just me getting a step closer to um, finding a new or old version maybe of it that actually like resonates for me and connects with me. I don't know how I, I feel different like uh, from before or after but I know um All right, well, I know I'm glad and blessed that I've experienced it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and very few people will, maybe more shall or whatever, more well, will. Maybe but... people <clears throat> will after hearing this. Oh, yes. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Glad that I could be part of this and... very special and authentic and based on like the roots of the, the ancient tradition and ancient belief like before maybe even capitalism and patriarchy hmm. it's the second time you've mentioned patriarchy during this conversation oh wait oh, i love you love you love you too any final thoughts we leave it there hmm? Get, get, get naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they would do like sacrifice. What are you talking about? <laughs> you, you know, they would sacrifice maybe someone or some animal to like the god of in order to have protection. Okay. Well, yes, you agree? Okay, but like, did we ever discuss sacrifice? No, but something? we're not doing sacrifice here in our era. We're doing like we're offerings, okay, to to like the same energy, like angel or element. Mm -hmm. We're doing we're giving offerings so we can have like the protection or like the abundance or the the give back. An exchange of energy in some way, really. Could say that just like when you, I guess, take care of a plant, water a plant, it kind of takes care of you in some subtle ways you don't yeah, see. Totally. Yeah, exactly like that. So, I kind of at one point was expecting Miriam to like email me a document that was the ceremony, like something she does. But she was tied up with births, and so she wasn't getting back to me. And I started to ponder more about the idea of, like, well, I could just write it. Like, I could just write at least some of it. And I sent her a message and asked her if she wanted me to do that, and she was yeah. like, yeah, do it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, awesome. 
So we were already in Mexico staying at the... Um, hot hotel. The con- hot no, no, we were at the condominiums by this time. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I just sat on that little patio one night and wrote, wrote as much of it as I could and then sent it to Miriam and said, you know, here it is and please feel free to add like whatever elements that you have in your practice and because this is a real a real co-creation the three of us will be there participating in the union she's the space holder and the facilitator and you and I are the participants our daughters mm-hmm. will be there and we've also invited my brother who lives um, just a short plane ride away from where we are and so he's able to be present and be our witness we hire a photographer a local woman who was so awesome <laughs> she was such a sweetheart and then I go to closing of the bone ceremony and it's the night before our wedding and I go and I have this magical experience and I talk about it in my first podcast so if you're interested in in hearing about that you can go back and listen it's episode one and I come home from closing of the bones and for the first time the sky opens up and it like pours rain and it feels like this it feels like we've stepped into ceremony at this point like from the moment we decided that we were going to do this thing till the after effects things it, were align- aligning things were aligning things were just magical things were just coming with such ease and there was just so much beautiful it was just a beautiful like existence that we were having it was a co-creation of our own. Yeah. And and Miriam really got to be a part of that by kind of opening the space with closing of the bones for me. It put me right in the ceremonial space. It changed my energy. It changed my frequency. And I was like just mm-hmm. so in it. Mm-hmm. And then I come home and the sky opens. And <laughs> you're like, let's get baptized. What? Um, what do you mean? Yeah, so I ran outside into the pouring, pouring rain to let the rain fall on me. And Luke, as he does, had hesitation when I invited him out. And he's like, I'm not going outside in the rain. I was like, all right, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm in the condo, like, alone. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so I go out to meet you. It's pouring rain. I look left and right. You're not there. So I start walking to the beach there, five-minute walk, and you're not that, I mean, walking to the pool. Because uh-huh. you talked about some sort of... <laughs> you weren't sure if baptism, baptism was in the pool or yeah. in the rain. <laughs> then you're not there, and I walk back, like walk 10 minutes in the pouring rain, <laughs> looking for you. <laughs> went back to the hotel, and you were there. <laughs> so we both had a great time in the rain. Yeah, we did. It was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. And the next morning we get up and I had Getting like, ready for the ceremony. Man, I had the girls to bed early. I had stuff prepped for breakfast. I had our, everything ironed. Everything went so smooth that morning. We all got ready. The girls looked so cute and they were really in happy moods. And Peter came over, my brother, and we got in the car and... It was time to go to the beach. Our ceremony was set to start at 8 o'clock in the morning. 
We're about to exit the condominium. Yeah, we're about to exit the condominium. You and get, I get a phone call. I get a phone call. From the midwife, from the Miriam. From Miriam, yeah. And she sounds terrible. <laughs> she says something like, I'm still in bed. It's like 10 to 8. I'm expecting she's at the beach already. She says something like, I'm still in bed. I'm not well. I haven't been able to speak for hours. And I was like sitting in the middle seat with a kid on me and one to my left. And like, we're about to get on a busy street and we're all in the car. And I'm like, what? Like, okay, I just, I'm going to have to call you back because I need to process. Or no, I think she at said, first yeah, I she, said. She was sick as well. Look, she yeah. Vomited yeah. She, okay. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. That she was like. It was coming out both ends. And mm-hmm. um, I think I said something like, "Are you, uh, um, can I pick up the flowers? Because my first thought was like, we're doing this anyways. I guess she's not meant to be here. And then I was like, okay, Rosemary, just take a second here. You want her to be there. Get off the phone and like... Ball let- your ball your eyes out. So I get off the phone and I ask you to step out of the car and I tell you what she said. You're trembling <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I'm like, babe, that's no biggity. No diggity. I know. It's like no diggity. You're so chill. I'll do it tomorrow. Like she said, maybe she'll feel better. So like. No, she didn't say anything like that yet. Or maybe she had said something like she was going to take some drugs and then, like, try to be there in an hour. And I was like, hold the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you showing up on drugs. Well, there's, like... Trying not to poop your pants. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, you were so chill. Yeah, I'm... You're so chill. Yeah, because you're so explosive. (laughs) I'm too chill, but you're too explosive. So we're good for that. Um, and yeah, of course you just grounded me like you always do. It was like such a, it was, it and was you know, exactly you know, why I want you to be my you, husband. It was who, exactly Who wants why. hysterical uh, Rosemary? <laughs> I mean, nobody, but. That's why I tried to calm you down. Yeah. Like I'm. It, but you just, also weren't bothered. Like at all. You didn't seem bothered. Were you bothered? Oh, I mean, I'm not bothered by bumps in the road. I learned to not get bothered by bumps. And sometimes the bumps uh, lead you to a better place that you didn't ever see possible. Mm. Like I met you and I lost my job. Like after two years, I quit the job I had because it was. I wasn't comfortable anymore and like jumped into like, uh, I want to say nothing, but just jump into tr- like trust and faith, as your mother would say. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, so like yeah, the I get that the bumps are there, and it's just how you react to them that is your reality. Mm-hmm. And like when we. We're, um, we're driving back from tree planting and I have the, I'm driving the pickup with the trailer 
and then like we hit a bump on a busy street and the trailer hitch like <laughs> detached and because it wasn't the proper like size at the end of our <clears throat> season we go a whole tree planting season with a two, driving like with 16 a hours and to go there and ball. 12 hour back or maybe it was a two inch ball and it needed a two and a quarter inch ball we hope yeah we hold a trailer down bush roads for three months and then it popped off and your reaction was like i guess your father's reaction it was like hell on earth and like what did you do and like very very upset and i was like nothing happened or not to face and like understand what's happening and this there's nothing we can do except fix it or try to do something to move on as quickly as we can mm -hmm. and i guess all that, that calm you down a little bit as well at that point <laughs> yeah <laughs> parenthesis okay the wedding didn't happen that day no Miriam got to sleep and rest and be well And, um, you know, I think maybe what was going on with her was that she had to process whatever I had released in our ceremony the day before. And we just planned to do it the next morning, round two. Yeah, we talked about also, like, that, that her reaction was maybe based on the, the closing of the bone. Excuse Just me. like Reiki practitioner could like have the energy stored in them and then so she had to process it out. So we like at, at least understood one part that makes sense that she would feel better the next day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we hoped she felt better by two that afternoon. That's so how we uh, left it. I said, call me when you feel better. Yeah, she called pretty she called like four hours time. after. Mm -hmm. I don't know if 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. is four hours, but. Who knows if she called it too. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I think it was Do you like, remember that? I think it was one thirty two. With what with what memory? <laughs> you know. Your selective some, one. Yeah, my selective one. Sometimes things stick. The gossip sticks. So maybe <laughs> uh... <laughs> joke. Um So yeah. We we were very happy to have like the news that she felt better. Yes. In the afternoon, and then we could. Yeah, we'll we ended up tomorrow. having we'll a beautiful tomorrow. day. But the the kids didn't sleep as much as good, and the preparation was different in the morning. Yeah. And uh, Chloe was very clingy and. Chloe was crying. a mess. You know. She, she wants to. My friend sent me a message and was like, you don't get a day off parenting, even if it's your wedding day. She was so right. So the next day, the kids were less easy, less well rested, less well fed. Actually, after the ceremony, they both fell asleep on me in the car that we took back to our, our um, residence. Um, but let's set the stage now of the day of. So we arrive at the beach. We're all dressed up. Yeah, we're all dressed up. And it's 
eight o'clock in the morning and the beach is shaded. It was like 40 degrees as soon as the sun hit you. So we did it on a Minimum. beach that was shaded. And yeah, we walk down those little stairs to cross the little beach and Miriam's there and she has the flowers set up. It's like rounded private sector kind of on the beach. Mm-hmm. It's a little cove of... A little circle. Yeah, a little like semicircle of rocks with like a tower behind and Miriam's there and her mother's there. Beautiful sky, beautiful... Oh my gosh, the sky was so beautiful. Nuage. The sky was like... I remember looking at the sky and thinking like, oh, hello, thank you for being here. Because immediately, and for the first time in my life, I saw celestial beings in the clouds who were like there for our ceremony. And I didn't say anything about it at the time, but I mentioned it to you maybe later that day. Well, I know that in the picture you see some clouds that you can identify as either animals or Buddha or what? what's her face? I don't know. What is her face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Another goddess probably of something. Mm, I don't remember. Yeah. Is it a Mexican thing? Mm-mm. So we saw that, but also like this place is like in between big mountains. <clears throat> so the climate and the type of clouds could be like very, could vary from what we're used to. Okay. Yeah. Parenthes. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know where you're going with the parenthes. Yeah. I, I know what it is, but I don't know. Fair, close, close the, the, the parenthes. <laughs> Yeah, it was like yeah, beautiful. The weather was perfect at this time. Yeah. The the like mat and circle flower and like the place where we were to be standing was ready. It was beautiful. It was very simple. It was so beautiful. And all of the roses that um were in the circle had been a part of my closing of the bone ceremony the day before, so they had really been blessed in that ceremony already and that was really special to see them all laid out mm. that was beautiful and how did we begin well we we began i guess like settling in then bringing our like offering stuff to the, the circle and getting ready getting mm -hmm. the girls ready and the girls, I mean, I, I remember Chloe was antsy-pantsy at this time, but Amelie oh, was, was chill in my arms, and Miriam was, was playing like the the shell, what's it called? The conch. Mm-hmm. To like calm Chloe down a bit. Was she? Yeah. She was doing, like, she was playing that crown. <laughs> <laughs> Clonk. Conk. I think it's called a conk. I think it's called a shell. <laughs> yeah, it is a shell. Sure, let's call it the shell. So, yeah, that and maybe some briefing with Miriam. And then we gathered our crystals and our chalice and... The sage. The cedar. Cedar. We had cedar and 
our candle and we walked we held our girls and we walked to the water to like have an entrance to to start somewhere at least yeah and we put our feet in the water and what did you say to me do i put my pants in the water no (laughs) (laughs) no your pants you just walk right in you just got your pants all wet i was like go luke I said, uh, are you ready or I love you? Mm-hmm. No. I'm sure you said both of those things, but that's not what I'm remembering. What, what are you remembering? You said something about washing away all the men who had ever... No, that's not there. Yes. No. That's when you said it to me. That's when... The... I said it to you when I washed your hands with oil. No, I didn't say it to you at the beginning. You did. I would have said it to you on the mat. Mm-mm. Yes. No, because I remember being so surprised that you said it. And then so joyful that you said it because I was in the water. And it was like, it was a cleansing and a grounding for us. And a way to like purify ourselves before we stepped into ceremony together. And but I would have said it like, I would have touch the water and use my hand to, to like when i said it <coughs> i think is when we washed both our hands and i like washed away your past traumas and stuff like that okay yes that was you did wash away past traumas with the oil but as memory serves for me, and we all know how potentially unreliable <laughs> that may be, even though it's a mere two months ago we did this, um, that's when you mentioned other men. And I just love, okay, I just like want to talk about that because I loved that so much. Because, you know, um, in our relationship together, I don't think I ever took the time to think about uh, cleansing myself of all other men in my life. There's been no moment where I really stood in that and thought about that and really like closed a chapter where I allowed my body to be open to men who are not you. So it was very special, like even though that's really how I feel, or have felt the whole time we're together. Like I'm not open to other men. But I had never had no, a that's moment not, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's not what uh, I guess you didn't get. I didn't say like, don't go see other men, right? No, I'm not saying you did. No, but it's like to see like to, that. <laughs> I'm just talking about a moment to recognize the choice that that I was already living. Goodbye to others and hello to a lifetime of discovering this with this man, with this person, with this union. Yes. And to allow myself to like um, almost step through a veil That's sort of the way I think about it. Like when I picture it in my head, it's like um, a little hanging sheet that's see-through and that you can walk through. And once you cross through it, 
there are things that you leave behind. Ok. Yeah. Comme un, un capteur de rêve. Sure. Whoever that is. A dream catcher. For oh. those English people listening. <laughs> <laughs> ok. Whatever. Sure. Mm. Yes, love it. Love the analogy. Yes, I mean, you know... Uh, ok, we don't need to argue about this, though. No, uh, men and women, like, view the relationship differently. Uh-huh. And my pa- the, my man's past relationship with a woman is less emotional. And a, a woman's relationship with stuff happening is it's emotional. The relationship is more intense or more, it's different. And so, like, <laughs> you, you, whatever, I'm not going to... I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> I want to hear the rest. Please. Okay, so. <coughs> I'm not opposed. I guess, no, as a woman, like you, you get a relationship and another relationship. And although the more relationship you get, the more as a woman, I'm not saying targeting you. But you can target me. I feel, I feel no, like as a woman, accurate. general. It's okay. not you. It's very general. <laughs> you're more fucked up as the more relationship you get. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that's how I, I say it. Like, I guess I could wait a half an hour to say it like more, more politely. Or... Okay. <laughs> so I at least like gave you the opportunity to make peace with all the the trauma, the I, because I know like you had some different, some difficult relationship, mm. and other relationship that you like you, like we are like I guess women to tend to bring to the other relationship. Yeah. So let's say you've been we've been with five different person, well um, then then me, well that you have like stuff from all the relationship that's gathered throughout this new totally. relationship. So, so knowing that, I will allowed you to at least, like you said, was the first time that you allowed yourself to somewhat think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I gave myself permission to shed those past things that I was still holding on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love so that. So it's a, also like for you to like grow in this way, but then for me to have a more balanced partner. <laughs> I, I didn't say this to you like now that I think about it. Those are the reasons I can think why I said it. But I said it to allow you to do it, to do something with it, not to do something about me. Not how it would affect me if I if I say you. Yeah, to. I totally. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <sighs> yeah, so that was a great way to start. Feet in the water, connecting to the mother ocean, and and then walking towards our altar, where we would stand and have our union. And we called the Four Corners. I actually want to read some of this part of the ceremony, so I'm going to pull up a document. 